The following is a sponsored review. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 801 Reviewed. I'm Cho. I'm Mel. And I'm Puzzle Savant. And today we have an interesting discussion topic inspired by the manga, This is Love by Ziki Masaya. Um, as we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, this episode is sponsored by Iridori Comics, who were also sponsors at the year's Fujocon. Um, we were very thankful for them for that. Um, and if you visited their panel, I'm sure you got a lot of good information about Dojin and their goodies and their website. Um, this is Love comes from their LGBTQ plus imprint, Iridori Sakura. And because of our con and Bielgarn's love for all things queer, we were asked to cover it. But funnily enough, many of our members had already read it and loved it. Um, so we were delighted to get a chance to cover this title. And the official summary for This is Love reads... Fumi and Higashi are co-workers and boyfriends. They celebrate their one-year anniversary, but Fumi's overcome with feelings of doubt regarding their relationship. So we do have a few content warnings. Both protagonists are adults, which is great, um, but there is an age gap between them. So there is a 23-year-old um, dating a 35-year-old. So if that's something that's an issue for you, just know. Um, and they do share a boss-subordinate relationship at work. Again, if those kinds of power dynamics are not your thing, just so you know. And a nice little thing on the Iridori page for this work, author Zika Masaya has a message for readers. Um, it says, this is a story about ordinary love. I hope this comic reaches all kinds of readers. And I just love that statement. Um, this is about ordinary love. It's so simple yet so powerful. It really does encapsulate everything that this is love, the title is. So y'all, what was your overall impression of the story? Okay, um, so I thought it was really cute. I know Iridori Sakura does a lot of doujinshi. And even though I like rationally know doujins are just self-published comics, <laughs> My impression of doujins has been, um, I mean, I'll just put it this way. When I went to Japan and bought doujinshi, they had to ID me. So that tells you exactly the kind of doujins I'm reading. Um, so I was actually really pleasantly surprised by how well thought out the story was. It definitely seemed like something you might find in a more, you know, like traditionally published one-shot manga. And that's certainly how I saw this story. It's a sweet little one shot, but with a lot to unpack. So normally when I hear of a one shot or if I'm reading it, I'm thinking it's a PWP right off the bat. Mm -hmm. So I was really pleased this gave us more relationship drama based on miscommunication and lack thereof rather than focusing on their need to go at it like rabbits. So it's really clear their relationship has more substance than what I've read in most one-shots. At, again, at least the PWPs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it is um, broken up into three parts, uh, but it is like a linear story. It is a one-shot. It's just within three parts. Uh, and I also do get the impression, usually when I see Dojinshi, that, oh, right, there's going to be fucking. So that was a surprise. Um, <laughs> For me, the word wholesome comes to mind, uh, but not like wholesome mm. in the sense where it's overly preachy or clinical, um, but in the sense that it's very raw and relatable and just feel good. And realistic is another term I would use uh, for this title. Because in addition to the depiction of real world discrimination um, that LGBTQ plus people face and also um, arrow ace discovery, there are also implied, you know, douching before anal sex in the After Dark special. And a topic that I rarely see come up in Beale or even most MM 
media really like Mm -hmm. I don't usually hear about that in in romance novels or like when I'm watching a tv show um it was just like implied not the word douching wasn't said but the way it was implied was just like a throwaway and I was like oh wow I would have almost missed that if I didn't know what they were talking about so that was really nice hey um what about the overall art style that Ziki Masaya has Uh, what did you think about that so I think the art was equally cute for me but to be honest I don't know if cute is what I'd want to be saying about a 35 year old man. <laughs> I guess from the cover, I'd have thought they were both a lot younger, uh, but Hikashi's, or Higashi's character design was definitely, like he's more of my type, mm-hmm. but I don't think I'm a fan of Fumi. Uh, I'm just really not into his body type or his face in general. And that's not really me trying to be harsh. Um, since I think he would actually appeal to more of an LGBT audience or even like a gay male audience just based on his physique. Um, and it's not like I, don't like men in BL, you know, like, as opposed to like, you know, high schoolers, that sounds weird. Um, <laughs> I think there was just an overall bishy factor that was missing for mm-hmm. Fumi. So even though there were some anatomy and drawing problems in, in the comic, I don't really think that this doujinshi was any worse than some of the stuff that I've seen on like Futakia, um, <laughs> or that does get published in magazines. Like I've read some, some traditionally published one shots that were like rough. Um, <laughs> All artists do start somewhere. Um, and for all the flaws, I think this is actually pretty well drawn compared to some doujins too. And we do have to recognize that you have a, a thing about just blonde uke. So that's I do. I was like bias. primed for Higashi. It was like, oh, chef's kiss right there. Yeah, I, I thought they were very well drawn too. Uh, but if I had to describe it all in one word, it would be simple. And I don't mm-hmm. mean that in a bad way at all. This was the artist's own unique style. And I found it very fitting for a short story. And depending on their deadlines, or if they have extra plot bunnies or on the back burner, they might have left the simplified for a reason. And I'm just guessing this is the first time I've read any of Masaya San's work. Mm-hmm. The reason I say it's simple is because of the backgrounds. They're either plain yeah. or non-existent. But the main characters are well-drawn, they're identifiable, and that's where our attention needs to be for this short story. Yeah, exactly. I would agree. Um, my thoughts were clean and cutesy. Uh, the cover of uh, This Is Love uh, for all three parts is the same, of course, because it's typically like a one shot, um, is very colorful. Like there's pinks and purples. It's really eye-catching. Um, and the characters themselves, they do look cutesy. Like I, I also wouldn't have pegged uh, either of them of being like out of their 20s. Um, Fumi, a little bit more so because, you know, the, the dark hair and the, the the expressions that he uses do seem a lot older, um, but it is like a very cutesy style, um, but also very clean style. Like it, when I was like actually reading the After Dark section, I wasn't like, sometimes, you know, when you read like a sex scene in a BL, it's like you're on acid and there's just so much happening and going on. And it's just like a fever dream. Hmm. I didn't get that here. It was just, it was very clean and simple. Like it was easy to follow. And I feel like, even if it wasn't like, you know, out of this world eye-catching. I really did like it and enjoyed it. It was very pleasant. All right. So what was your overall favorite part of uh, this uh, title, if you had to choose just one part or a couple of parts? So I actually really loved when Higashi had them change up their hair and looks to go undercover in the theme park. Like it was kind of <laughs> funny and over the top. Yeah. Um, but I actually was like, oh, you should keep this look. It immediately <laughs> made Fumi look younger and hotter. Um, and Higashi was also just like really hot. Um, but it was really sweet how Higashi was kind of like so in charge of that date and did everything he really could to help him 
protect uh, Fumi and like, you know, calm him down when he was clearly having like an episode. Um, but I also like, I'm not gonna lie, that after dark chapter, um, <laughs> there's just something to me that like, if there's a guy who's kind of like, you know, well, I don't, I don't know what the really big deal, like, what's the deal with like gay sex, you know, like, mm-hmm. I don't get it. Like what, what's so special or whatever. And then he like comes four times from having anal. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just like, yeah, this is, that's great. That, yeah. was, that was special. You're simple Fujoshi. Yeah. I am like, I don't know, just blonde UK, some sex, like, there you go. I'm happy. Uh, so I have two and I'll mention the second one later. Mm-hmm. I loved seeing Fumi interact with Kojiro or Sachiko over mm-hmm. the phone and in a flashback. I thought it was really cute. His friend was on his ass about addressing his relationship concerns with Higashi. Mm-hmm. And I've done this to multiple friends, so it got a couple <laughs> of laughs out of me. Uh, but it was just nice to see that Fumi has another social circle separate from work and Higashi. And I can only imagine the other failed dates and conversations <laughs> he's had at the Okama bar. Yeah, I, I loved Sachiko. Um, I just love that they, you know, included a drag queen and she was just like no nonsense serious. And I loved that so much. Um, for me, I really just like overall, I enjoyed um, Fumi's character. I enjoyed seeing older characters in BLs these days. Um, after, you know, reading and watching Cherry Magic and watching Osan's Love, I, I really come to appreciate, you know, characters who are out of high school and out of college, you know, just like older characters, you know, their knees hurt just as much as my eyes, mine do. And uh, they're just like navigating in the world because you don't have it all figured out in high school or college. And Fumi also doesn't have it all figured out, even though he's in his thirties. And I, I thought it was really realistic the way they portrayed his insecurity uh, and issues with that. Uh, more specifically, I did love the entire Meow Meow Land bit in part three. Um, Higashi's three rules would seem silly in a different context, but when you remember how much his boyfriend struggles with self-worth, you realize that this is exactly what Fumi needs in order to allow himself to enjoy going to his ideal date place. Um, And if those rules hadn't been in place, Fumi wouldn't have undoubtedly been as more miserable than he already was. And just as a throwaway, I also enjoyed the flashback with Fumi's teacher in school, uh, because no lie, I got Dokusei flashbacks immediately. Um, but imagine my surprise <laughs> seeing a teacher that doesn't act inappropriately with a student in BL. How revolutionary. Yeah, it's no Hitorijime, my hero. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. A quick thing about the Dokusei. Um, <laughs> wasn't there a part where uh, Higashi's in the uh, the bookstore? Oh, yeah, and he gets sunshine through the waves. Wasn't that a Dokusei reference? Maybe. They're friends but are they like lovers that's the, like the title of the thing that he had yeah and the, yeah. just the setting those two were in I was like that looks familiar <laughs> yeah that was cute I don't know anytime like it's maybe I, I would want to say on the one hand that it's unrealistic to think of like oh this guy is exploring his gay sexuality or his or his like same-sex attraction so mm-hmm. he's gonna go read BL but like we also know that plenty of actual gay men in mm-hmm. East Asia read BL so it's like not that implausible yeah. that this would be because it's a very accessible thing like clearly he for whatever reason was unable to go find or, or chose not to go find like a gay komi or like mm por- pornography you know like that mm-hmm. kind of thing he chose to find i mean it's a it's somewhat of a bl story so it's not that unusual but like i don't know it's very accessible like, he could clearly go pick that up from the bookstore and yeah. probably wouldn't look that weird buying it compared to like <laughs> hardcore pornography <laughs> 
I do have a really like soft spot in my heart for any time a character in a BL like takes like reads BL in universe. That happened in uh, History 3 Trapped, which was a, a Taiwanese live action BL where a character, you know, was trying to figure out like gay sex for the first time. And he was like reading a BL and his boyfriend saw him and he was like, oh, that's not going to help you. And I'm like, yeah, it's not. But in this context, <laughs> it, it actually helped him. So good on you, Higashi. Yeah. I guess it depends on which one you pick up and read. If you if you get one of the ones that is like more thorough about everything, <laughs> y- you might be able to get further along. But if you get one of the ones where it's like magical lubricating butthole, <laughs> like that's uh-huh. not going to help you. Yeah. After Dark <laughs> would actually be a good PL for a character to yes. pick up and story to read, which is pretty meta. Yes. Right. So this manga centers on older characters in an office setting. How does the mature setting compare to other manga you've read and how did it affect the tone of the story in your opinion? So I actually think I'm going to give some comp titles because that's what I like to do. Mm-hmm. I think a really good comparison would be Cherry Magic since mm-hmm. Arachi is 30. Um, but also the Love Nest series has another like, mm. I don't know, what would be considered like Oyaji, like the old guys, even though he's only in his 30s, like or he might be like pushing 40. Um, But narratively, I think that this is closest to no touching at all because of the age gap, even though it's not as severe. Um, Mm -hmm. But the like, I guess what I'm going to call the orientation gap. Um, That said, I, we really don't like spend too much time in the office in this story. So I don't know if I would really call it that much of like a salary man story. Um, But it is like technically. Um, So if you're like us, and you read a lot of BL, it's a pretty familiar territory. Um, You know, like if you're not in a school setting for like high school or college, like your other standard option is Mm -hmm. office. Um, So it really helps the reader kind of ease into the differences um, in this story rather well. So I think the whole office romance thing just really primes us more for the conversations about sexuality and intimacy. Yeah. Uh, For me, it certainly made things awkward, not so much the age, but the fact that this is a superior dating a younger associate. Mm -hmm. Um, Age gaps, they don't, make me uncomfortable as much um i mean if they were more open about it in the office it might make things awkward especially if they get into a fight but that situation uh, as mel mentioned it does not exist here they've mm-hmm. kept it a secret from their co-workers and hr but i like how it adds to fumi's list of reasons for higashi to not date him and mm-hmm. to potentially move on to a more normal life So it adds to the drama, like what if HR does find out, will Fumi lose his job? It kind of makes you think just as much as Fumi does. But again, they're both consenting adults. So, you know, I don't think it's that big of a deal. There's plenty of relationships out there, though they're not discussed as much where there's maybe a decade gap between two people. I'm that's my godmother right there. Uh, Her husband's 10 years I think older than her and they've mm-hmm. been together for a long time. So I, I know it's possible. Yeah. Uh, I, as someone who usually has a problem with boss subordinate relationships, this didn't bother me as much probably because they didn't spend as much time in the office. Um, so it was a lot easier to just like have that fall to the back of my mind. Um, but as I mentioned, I really do enjoy stories where there's older characters, um, especially because in this one who Fumi, um, deals with what I is called like adult fears you know like when you're reading a bill there's a lot of like high school or college fears where you're like yeah I've been there and you know it it works out fine like that's just such a, a young thing to worry about but here he's worried about like you know 
I, you know, well, you can't get married because, you know, Japan doesn't have legal gay marriage and you can't have a family because you can't have legal gay adoption. And uh, just this, the way he has all these feelings of like insecurity and self-worth was just real like adult fear for me. Like I, that was really relatable to me. Um, but uh, I think just overall seeing older characters in, in BL, it's just really nice. I mean, obviously escapism all day. I'll read and watch as many just like college engineer stories as I can get my hands on. Um, but it's always nice to know like, oh, right, there are queer people past the age of like 25. <laughs> so that's nice to remember. All right, so we mentioned like things like Cherry Magic, No Touching at All, Love Nest. Um, and overall, like giving what we've read, what we know, who would you recommend this story for? So I think if you enjoy any of the manga we've already mentioned, um, but I think that this might be for best for like be all fans, you know, whether you're identify as a man, woman, anywhere in between, who are just craving more LGBT content. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you really enjoyed things like the anime stars align, which talked a lot about LGBT issues in Japan in a really frank way. Um, and it talked about gender in a way that anime really hadn't. Um, or maybe you just watched, you know, like The Stranger by the Shore, and you're interested in exploring more manga without gay characters, and it, not without, but like with characters who are who've come out of the closet, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think those are probably more along the lines. Like if you just, I don't want to say there's the general malcontent with how maybe sometimes BL isn't seen as queer, and we kind of get into that later. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're looking for that realism, this is going to be a good title for you. But I think if you're a Fujoshi who's just looking for, you know, a spicy summer read or want something a little bit different, this is probably going to be too banal, even though it does have its charm points because of the um, realism with the LGBT issues. Um, that kind of makes it a little bit different. But otherwise, I think it's going to be a pretty standard office romance. Yeah, I agree with M- Mel on this one. If anyone in BL can enjoy this manga unless the huge age gap is going to be of concern. It still has a long steamy sex scene. If that's what you're looking for, Mm -hmm. you just got to get through the plot to get there. Yeah. Uh, I totally agree. Like for anybody who, if they're like an anti who's like, you know, BL is all the same, just a horny straight guys fucking each other. I'd probably point you to this is love and some other titles, you know, first to prove you wrong and then like ease you into the genre to see if it's like a wild sandbox out here and you can't just, you know, tie it down to one specific thing because even though it is very simple, it does do some things, you know, in a very like nuanced way that I think is really valuable for people. So before, this is just to y'all, before I move into general questions, I did take out the headcanons question just because I thought like maybe that was too hard. It probably doesn't add much anything to the general discussion, but if you would like to bring up any, you still can. But I was like, and eh, that maybe just seems like maybe too much. Okay. okay. All right, and we're gonna move on to like a general discussion, you know, based on This Is Love, because we did want to talk about, you know, like the queer aspects and uh, other things that this title, you know, brings up, so. One of the biggest draws of this manga is Higashi's asexuality. While specific aspectrum language isn't used, the author clearly shows us his feelings in an unambiguous way. What was your reaction to this reveal? Um, so first, I will say that I am not somebody who identifies as ace, so please take that in mind when I'm speaking. Um, I personally have to admit that I honestly didn't, it was like it didn't register that like the character was ace until I read <laughs> this question, um, and that's probably just my own biases. Um, 
so like I, I processed in the moment that sex was not super important to Higashi, but I also kind of wrote it off as maybe that was just because he admitted he gets physically intimate people even before he likes them. So his lack of romantic attraction was in, in my mind contributing to his lack of sexual attraction. So like, I know that sexual and romantic attraction are different. They're not one-to-one. Um, I'm not trying to say that here, but he seemed like someone who, could who could actually experience romantic attraction so i was really just writing it off as like well he probably hadn't met someone he really loved as much and so maybe that's why sex wasn't as fulfilling for him you know i also kind of had an epiphany um reading that like okay all of these guys in bl who are like i'm straight you know they say that but i honestly think they're probably just bi and haven't realized it or they are bi and have been passing and like these Mm -hmm. gay characters keep presuming that they're straight because they're seeing them exhibit like quote unquote straight behavior and it's like that's really not indicative of somebody's like like yes if somebody's with a girl like you could say they're straight but like they could just be bi and like mm-hmm. dating women um bi erasure is a totally real thing um and even though higashi doesn't say he's bi i just really want to put this point out there that mm-hmm. i just feel like all of these you know straight boys in bl are yeah. actually bi and not yeah. being given given their credit so here, i will here. get off that soapbox <laughs> um and turn it over to to you puzzle savant so it it caught me off guard actually because mm-hmm. there were parts of part two that I reread mm-hmm. because he's not as predictable as most UKs are. He mm-hmm. even seemed a bit confused. He actually distances himself from the LGBT community. He refers to them as they. Mm-hmm. I knew LGBT people existed. I don't have any negative feelings towards them as long as they love each other it doesn't matter if they are the same couple so he's never been a homo he's never been in a homosexual relationship Mm -hmm. so he's probably confused on how to identify himself not that he has to have a label Mm -hmm. um so he got she's way of thinking just makes sense to me yeah so i mean gays lesbians trans bi's and androgynous individuals get a lot of shit from people Mm -hmm. Who has beef with asexuals or demisexuals? Who are they in bed with that's going to make someone uncomfortable or feel like they need to have a come to Jesus talk with them? Mm-hmm. So as a de- demisexual, and occasionally I do use the term asexual just so I don't have to explain what a demi is. <laughs> um, but just as a demisexual, I kind of found myself in a recent si- situation when my company was celebrating Pride Month. Uh, they sent out this form asking all the LGBT members to be loud and proud for this weekly spotlight email Mm -hmm. so that they can highlight how the company is standing by the community because there are people in HR, the vice president of the company, they they are members of the LGBT community and Mm -hmm. they just wanted, especially the new hires, to feel comfortable and safe. But anyways, I, I did not do the survey because reading through all the stories that other people went through that they shared on that spotlight I just didn't feel like there was anything I needed to add Mm -hmm. it's I just didn't feel a part of that suffering and I'm wondering if maybe that's what Higashi is thinking about like he's he doesn't know of this suffering he hasn't experienced what Fumi has and what Fumi's trying to warn him about. Mm-hmm. So that that's potentially why he's he uses they to refer to the LGBT community. But there again, for him, he just says it 
it all comes down to the connection that he feels with Fumi. He's never felt that connection before. Mm -hmm. And again, he's not talking about any sex. Like they haven't even had a romantic night together like that. He just wants to be with him, to have that relationship. Your comments um, actually got me thinking because uh, Arrow Ace people are a part of the um, queer community, though they are often, you know, like put off to the side because, you know, mm -hmm. while like loving someone of the same sex is something that other people can visually see and therefore discriminated against, um, it's, I guess it's a lot more subtle with Arrow and Ace um, identi identities. So there's always been like a, an unfortunate debate in that arena. But when I was reading about this uh, in Higashi and we got to the parts where for me was like, you know, you could have a normal relationship. Um, you don't have to go through this. And Higashi was just like, why do you keep talking like this? Like, why do you keep saying things like this? It reminded me again, ironically of Osan's love um, where uh, the main character who identified as straight at the beginning, but is now in a relationship with an out gay man doesn't see you know everything that uh, his boyfriend is warning him about like he just assumes they can get married and, and buys a ring and everything and at the end he realizes like oh you know we can't even get married in japan and i didn't even know that um and it really reminded me of that because it is a lot about higashi going you know kind of pull fool me out of his funk and it's great that he does all of these um you know wonderful you know empowering speeches about how it doesn't matter who you love and that it's just us and that's all that matters and that's that's wonderful but fumi also has a point that discrimination is a major part of what they will face as you know two men in a relationship it doesn't matter what higashi identifies with you know individually if he's holding hands with a man down the street he will always be read as gay and he will be treated as a gay man which you know can include discrimination but that was a really like interesting part that you know i kept thinking about that and i was like that probably doesn't apply but that really helped me put it into context so thank you Paul mm. um so i knew from the official description on the iridori website that um there was discussions of demisexuality in in part two um and i am not uh, on the a spectrum myself but to me higashi's feelings initially read like someone on the a romantic spectrum you know specifically demi, demi romantic you know where you may not you know uh experience romantic feelings like off the bat with somebody it takes a while in connection and knowing them um so that's how it read to me at first and then as i kept reading it into part three and then after dark uh i saw you know like what mill mentioned his aromantic feelings uh were fueling his asexual feelings or maybe he's like on the arrow a spectrum he could be both um so that's how it read to me but it was it was really interesting to me that they brought that up i also you know hardly ever see ace people portrayed in any media bill or otherwise and then double for arrow so i really enjoyed that it was it was really pleasant to read so why do you guys think there aren't more ace or other non-homosexual queer characters in bl so i think that it's important to remember that like okay not all bl is super spicy mm -hmm. um but even some of the sweeter ones tend to have a chapter or a scene at some point um so we're just not seeing a lot of ace characters for for the, for the reasons that BL is a lot of times, you know, sexual. Um, mm. I don't want to be harsh and say that there's no reason at all for them to appear in BL. Um, that wouldn't be true. I mean, they, the ace characters would be just as valid. Mm -hmm. um, but aside from a side character, I just don't know how much it would fit into the BL model um, that a lot of publishers and magazines have. Um, mm -hmm. Aside from something self-published like Dojinshi, where there's a lot more leeway. Yeah. Um, ju just because again, I guess, like, given why uh, some BL have become popular, like, if you look at the really popular, like, the Yabai titles, you know, they're not always super spicy, but, like, 
okay, Yarachin Bitch Club, super hot title. Dick Fight Island, super hot title. Ten Cal, super hot title. Um, that Those have really high sexual contents. And so, like, I guess if at the most extreme, you know, you have ace characters who, I say extreme not in a bad way, but like mm-hmm. the far end of the spectrum, if you have ace characters who are completely sex repulsed, it's not really going to fit in a story. Like it, it just seems like it would be something where the character is always forcing themselves to go against their own nature. And like to a point you could say, okay, it's romantic if he's willing to go this far for his partner. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would be, I don't want the ace character to have to do anything that's really going to be, you know, something that they don't want to do at all. Yeah. Um, and so I think you've got like two kind of conflicting things here. It's again, not all beyond need to be spicy. Um, but if that's something that is, it crops up at some point, because like, even if you've got the sweetest ones, clearly an editor is somewhere at some point going like, hey, chapter six has got to be the sex scene, remember? Um, it's just not, it's not, it's not going to jive after a certain point if it's the mains. So maybe, maybe some side characters. Yeah, it's, um, I think you summed it up pretty well. I, I just can't see a lot of Ace being in BL simply because of the, sexual content that this that's in there a lot not that they can't it just takes a lot of time to get there for most people and there again it's just it's not like at the forefront of their mind that's I think for most like that's not the basis of attraction for most people Mm -hmm. uh in the ace community it's simply who they want to be with but if they did include more not that they have to it certainly adds a different character and relationship dynamic to the story so Mm -hmm. it would be interesting to see it in the future but I personally don't feel like it's a must yeah I I'm of two minds of this I think one it's just like the nature of BL even if it's not sexual it's a like a romantic story like it's a romantic fantasy and it's just easier to get from point a to point b I guess if you add in some some um sexuality to it uh and like with most BL that I've read, at least, um, even when it's like really sweet and wholesome, they need to get like a linear thing from point A meeting each other to like falling in love and getting into bed. So I think, you know, you would need to have a little bit more nuance, a little bit like of a slower role, like in This Is Love. And maybe that just doesn't market, you know, to magazines. Another thing that it comes to mind is Japan, um, their culture right now has a thing about herbivore men which are, you know, presumably heterosexual men who have little interest in getting married and or sex. And they're really derided, like in uh, Japanese culture. I, I remember uh, Gact, uh, the J-Rocker, had a concert to like battle against, <laughs> or like for men to battle against the idea of herbivore men. And I think even though asexuality and, you know, the concept of herbivore men, you know, men who just aren't interested in sex um, or relationships, but aren't necessarily asexual, those, those may get conflated. And because of the negative perception surrounding herbivore men, they may seep into how people perceive asexuality. Because um, it's always good to keep in mind that, you know, cultures are different, how we approach things are different. And that could be, you know, an issue with what, you know, Japanese culture views as asexual, but I don't know, there's probably, you know, smarter, you know, more in the know people than me who have looked at that. And that's something that I've been thinking about since reading This Is Love. So I'll probably look into that, but yeah. All right. So you'll often see criticism of the BL aimed at a perceived lack of genuine queerness in stories. Though we have titles like This Is Love that feature a variety of queer characters to debunk that. But do you guys think that criticism holds water? Like, do you think there actually should be, you know, more genuine queerness in BL stories? 
Okay, so I think anybody saying this probably has a red BL in a solid decade, yeah, if not more. Um, yes, it's true that a lot of the popular titles aren't always featuring out gay characters. Um, they might they might seem like more of the titles of yesteryear, but our own research that we've done here at um, BL Garden and that we've presented at some panels before, you've seen it at FujiCon, it shows based on surveying you know manga in Japan and the manga that gets published here in the U.S in English that most characters in BL actually are not straight. And that when yeah. characters do identify with a stated sexual orientation, it's most often as gay, yeah. which makes sense, you know, but yeah. also like we have to constantly say this because there is so much criticism. I think what's happening too, is that maybe people aren't happy with the representation they see. So we have to be really careful to not conflate like, you know, BL isn't gay enough with BL isn't the right kind of gay. Yeah. But also not every story featuring an out gay character needs to be an after school special about like a, you know, homosexual 101 lesson. These kinds of stories are great when you really need to explain things. And I can definitely see why we need these kinds of narratives um, in Japan. But, you know, from maybe like a Western perspective, and I mean, that is me kind of speaking from a Western perspective. It's really interesting because um, if we look at how people's attitudes about homosexuality have changed, um, it's it's dramatically more accepted here in the U.S. Uh, there's a really great episode of Hidden Brain from NPR um, that talks about this. And so, like, specifically in, in America, like, if you're comparing how people feel about homosexuality now to how they felt about it even, like, 20, 30, 40 years ago, like, we've come leaps and bounds from where we were in such a short amount of time. It's, like, actually astounding. And all the, like, statisticians are just like, what's happening? Um so from an American point of view, I am voicing my resistance to the idea that BL isn't genuinely queer and that we need to cover, you know, these kinds of over the top gay narratives to be genuine. You know, like I think mm -hmm. that these these need to exist in Japan and I'm not saying they, they don't, but it's kind of like what what are people looking at and they're saying is not genuine enough you know mm -hmm. it's the same argument to me as like what is good representation like we have to define genuine in the same way we have to define good mm -hmm. and I don't want this to become a situation where the LGBT community has to be a you know moral minority just to fit into some somebody's idea of like what's good because they're unhappy with what they're seeing like okay mm -hmm. go read something else like yeah. I'm not sitting here forcing you to read this <laughs> Yeah, I don't think that holds water at all. Just mm -hmm. um, if if they want something genuine, then maybe read a slice of life that's more recent. Maybe not a fan, you know, a fantasy or some bestiality thing or furries. Um, they'll they'll probably find what they're looking for if they're looking for more of a slice of life story. But mm -hmm. at this point, I I think it's queer enough. I, I feel like they don't have to have the entire pride bingo uh, as they read through every BL that's out there. Yeah. Like, Hashtag queer enough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I see so much when I see this argument, I think about how, like when I ask like, well, what, what would make it more genuine? People say, you know, there should be talk about discrimination, you know, how like there isn't legal gay marriage and these are all important things, but it comes back to like tying the idea of being queer to, to suffering and, I mean, we suffer in real life, you know, it's okay to want to like escape into a story. You, it, you can just celebrate like the happy and good parts, you know, of, of loving somebody. And I, 
I do love it, you know, when there is explicit identification in BO, and there is quite a lot, despite what people may think, based on our own research, you know, we've read the stories, we know what we're talking about. Um, but I just come down to like, whether you like it or not, like, however you want to look at it, BL is a queer medium. Like there's nothing heterosexual about two men in a relationship. <laughs> like, so it already passed the threshold, like the base definition of queer, it already has that. Um, and anything that goes beyond that, it would go back to what Mel said, like, how do you define, you know, good representation? How do you define genuine? So I think BL is doing just fine. And I think it's gotten even better. And I've been reading a lot of uh, scholarly articles on BL in different countries, like in, in Taiwan and Thailand and China, and they're all on a trajectory of like more identification as well. Um, so I, I think, you know, BL is hashtag queer enough. I mean, I would also just point out that um, the most popular and successful like queer um, kind of like anime manga media property in Japan, mm -hmm. um, did not feature discrimination and did not feature characters voicing their sexuality. And that's Yuri on Ice. So when people want to talk about like genuine, I'm like, okay, Yuri on Ice was fine. And we praised it because it didn't need to have those labels and it mm -hmm. didn't need, it was a world without this kind of discrimination. So it's like people want to have it both ways. And you just, you just can't have this kind of argument. Like you end up not winning in either way yeah. because at the end of the day, people don't actually want you to win. Like, this is just arguments that people make up to justify why they can like shit on what you like. Exactly. That said, what other sexualities or even situations would you like to see depicted in BL? So I'm going to stand by my theory that all straight men willing <laughs> to have sex with dudes and not just for money um, and maybe to even bottom are actually just bi. Yeah. Um, so let's just have more bi characters. Yeah. And I'll, I'll always be pleasantly surprised to see a variety of any member of the LGBT community in mm -hmm. BL. But again, I'm not playing pride bingo when I'm yeah. reading BL. I really don't think it's a must have in manga, but I can see how it would make the manga more interesting if it's not the classic semi UK pairing. Mm -hmm. And by doing so, it's going to make the story more unique, like this is love. Yeah. I also would love to see more bi characters. Um, I have been seeing a lot more um, BL manga as I've been reading digital titles, um, which are, you know, more easily accessible and then waiting for them to be shipped in in print um, characters, you know, where there is a character who identifies as gay. And then there's a character who's like, well, I thought I was straight, but I like you. So who knows what I am? And just leaving it at that. I'm like, well, that's nice. But I would like to see you say, well, I like guys and I like girls and that's fine. Boom. Um, and not a sexuality, but I would like to see eventually a trans man in a BL. And I, I have a feeling that we're going to get there. Boys Won the Riot right now is really big. So hopefully, you know, that'll inspire some mangaka. Putting that out in the world, I'm manifesting it. We would like to thank Iridori Comics for sponsoring today's episode. You can buy Ziki Messiah's This Is Love and the bonus special This Is Love After Dark digitally at iridoricomics.com or click the link in the description of this episode. Don't forget to check out their selection of BL, UD, and other LGBTQ plus titles as well. And thank you listeners for tuning in to today's episode. If you have any thoughts to share on This Is Love, shoot us a tweet over at BL Garden DFW on Twitter or send us an email at blgardenofficial at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter to stay up to date with all the BL Garden news. 
Um, so that is it for this episode. Remember to give us your thoughts at either our Twitter or our email. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the 801 Podcast. If you love this podcast and are considering supporting us, find us on Patreon and you can get your name on the podcast like Barb Cult, Putt, Ray, Twiggly, Audrey Jean, Carly Williams, Jacqueline Gonzalez, Joe Kiss, Anna, Christina Coleman, CJ, Crystal Marie, Dustin, Emma Snoodler, Kendra Lawrence, Lorena Carlson, and Reader Wynn. In addition, please consider leaving a five-star review wherever you listen. We really appreciate every last one of you.